Hello, Internet, and welcome back to episode 77 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew Wynn. I'm one of the hosts today. And you know what? Today, the trio is in full accord. We have today Mike and finally... Steven. Yeah, buddy. Steven, how are you, man? You've been gone, at least for our viewers, maybe two months. I've been gone for a bit, yeah. Yeah, how, how are you? What are you up to? Hey, I've been... You still work here? I did. I, I don't know if I still do. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, no, I've been good. I've been fine. I mean, there was a brief bout with sickness, but the most significant uh, change was that my daughter has now been born into the world. She is uh, five weeks old now, and so I've just been taking care of business, man. Dude, it is so cool seeing your little daughter. Uh, she's dressed up really well in those photos that your your wife takes, and uh, I love that you named her after me. I did. Yeah, yeah. Every time I see you, I say my daughter's name. Yeah. Have you heard about this, Mike? I have not. Okay, go ahead, share it. Hello, Win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cheesy. <laughs> did you? I did, did not do that intentionally. Did you no. Name her after Andrew or after Alex? That's, that's the real question. Neither. Oh, okay. And both. The Win Dynasty. Uh, I should the just win. simply say yes. Yes. Oh wow. So, but yeah, it's great to have everybody back, and especially you know what? This is the first time you, Mike, you and I have recorded in a couple of weeks. We've yeah. had uh, some some health mishaps. I guess like I got sick and other, other things. But uh, Mike, it's good to see you, man. How? What's going on in your world? My world is wonderful. We uh, we had some COVID exposure, so we had to shut some things down. And yeah. Um, but we're all over that. Family's all healthy, and things are kind of just cruising. I've got uh, my youngest is in swim lessons right now, and he's doing great. And then he and my daughter, they're both uh, registered for baseball. And so it's only January, but sun is shining occasionally. There have been some beautiful and cold days, and we are gearing up for the uh, the spring ball season to start nice. up. Yeah, I am excited for the the weather. You know, I thought in January we were going to get more snow, but I think we're past that, and now it's just sunny days. Sunny, cold, cold days. Very, very cold. I think the yeah. last year when we had that big snow day, that was February. That was February. Oh, it was yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So it could still be coming. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. We should probably go get some more of that rock salt and get ready for that. But, uh, Mike, you, you have baseball coming up. I'm excited for you because that is a huge uh, evangelistic opportunity for yourself. Not only are you just a coach, but you see that as an opportunity to connect with others and spread the, the mission and stuff. Are you coaching? Did you already mention that? Are you coaching this year? Are you? I'm going to coach two teams, yeah. Oh, you're coaching two teams. Is that both yeah. McKellas and? Yeah, my younger Masters? two. Okay. Yep. Wow. That's going to be that's going to be exciting, and it's going to be a very a very busy season. Yeah. So cool. yeah, Stephen. Other than having a child, man, what else is going on in in your world, man? What's like for two months, man? What have you What have you been doing? You finished your your uh, first semester at seminary, I did right? Finish my first semester in seminary. How'd I, that uh, go? I passed really well. I got A's in my classes, so I'm pretty stoked about that. And actually, just last night was my first class of my second semester, so I'm back at it already. Your your class started last night. Started last night. Well, that's weird because I'm also back, and I tried to look at Canva, and they won't give me any any information other than the syllabus I have. So, am I registered? I'll have to look into that well, later. If, if your Canvas is online, then you should be. Like you're part of the registration there. Yeah. Yours is an intensive though. Just so it might it be yeah. the prof needs to activate more stuff. Mm. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. So, all right, cool, cool, man. Cool, cool. But yeah, so, that's what I've yeah. been up to, man. It's just been taking care of family, catching up on the Mandalorian, you know, 
Have you been Important watching that? Things. So I got one month because uh, we had abstained from Disney for a year. Uh-huh. And so we we got one month. And so I caught up on all the Star Wars, all the Marvel. Are you watching also the book of Boba Fett? Every Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> I haven't actually jumped into that yet. For some reason, the Mandalorian is far more interesting to me than Boba Fett nowadays. I give don't, it, I, I give don't it a shot. Okay. I, I will. I will. I just, for some reason, like as a kid, I was really into Django and Boba Fett, but now I'm like, ah, whatever. It'd be really amazing if like in one of the episodes of the book of Boba Fett, like it, the end scene had the, the song from the Mandalorian playing, you know, like that would be amazing. Like if, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it? Is that a thing that they totally did that in the last episode? Yeah. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, you guys have watched it. And it's it's weird. You know, we should do a podcast on pop culture at some point, but uh, whatever. <laughs> we just sprinkle it in here, yeah, and right? There, here and there. Okay. We've talked so. about X Men in the past, right? Yeah, we have. We yeah. have Transformers. Yeah. We did. Uh, those are those are some good podcasts. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh man. Next up, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. All so right. Speaking of pop culture, then if we're gonna go down this road for just a second, my uh, I have a family member who is uh, unwittingly he's a brony. Oh, As no. in, like the my ponies. And yeah. No. Okay. So okay. years no. ago, he wanted a uh, he he joked about wanting a horse, and one of his kids got him a My Little Pony doll. And this is like maybe ten years ago. Okay. And he's kept it, and all of the kids pick on him, and all of the kids joke with him because he's got a My Little Pony doll. He doesn't have you know he, he doesn't watch it. He's not okay. really a brony. Mm-hmm. But uh, but for Christmas this year, Asher made him a stable. <laughs> For his My Little Pony doll. That's awesome. Out of Popsicle Sticks. And, uh, so, yeah. So we can talk about even My Little Pony if we want. That's we can have a special cool. guest. Or we, we can talk about something else. Yeah. So, that's super funny. So, All right, Mike. I think we are uh, We're going to jump into our topic today. I know we've been going through our systematic theology. But before we do, is there any news you want to share with the church? We're, we're doing a lot of things coming up. I'm already working on Vacation Bible School plans um steven you're starting some youth outreaches or events on on yeah on the weekend we're starting to up our uh, event frequency and so yeah. we're going to try to do something once a month and okay. it's we're going to be breaking up our age groups a little bit so there's going to be a little bit of high school here middle school there but uh trying to at least have something to keep the kids engaged okay. But yeah, there's there's a lot happening, Mike. And I was wondering, is, is there anything you want to give uh, some attention to? Because I know, even though I don't know, shout out to all those people in Ohio listening to us. I don't know how you've never interacted with us, but I see you. I see your numbers. <laughs> so, but uh, but also we have people from from our own church that that listen. So I was wondering if you want to give them a heads up. Yeah, there's lots of great stuff happening. It's it's been wonderful to watch the the planning for VBS happening and just seeing people already excited about yeah, that. I see your posts and people just jumping on like, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, we are launching life groups this weekend. That's we are. We have, we're still nailing down the number, but like at least 10, maybe 12 um, new gr- or groups that are going to be available. And we're going to just be encouraging people to jump in. You know, the, 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 the church is, is wonderful and going to a church service is really important, but uh, getting to know people and growing in community and mm-hmm. having people that are shepherding you and facilitating a, a group uh, really goes a long way. Yeah, I really feel that it's the small group that really gives you that uh, that uh, that tribe feel. I, I feel like, you know, we have multiple services and I, I, I attend all of them, but there are times I'll look at a congregation and we'll have all these guests. And I'm like, I don't. This doesn't feel like like this is my church, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who are, I don't know. I kind of feel like a stranger amongst my own people. 
the you know I I love worshiping with them, but it's it's the life groups as I'm connecting with people, rubbing shoulders with people, serving with people. That's like the life. That's like when I really feel connected, and I would encourage others to to do the same thing. One hundred percent. Yeah. So that's coming. The the other thing is this is the first mention of this actually for our church, but we are going to do a a couples check in, okay. uh, a small marriage seminar uh, slash conference. We're going to do it the first weekend of March. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm just so excited about that. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of um, kind of discussion between couples. There's going to be some tools that we're going to, to, going to give people so they can grow in their, you know, their ability to have a great marriage. Yeah. Um, a little bit of teaching and uh, it's going to be a great weekend. I'm already jazzed about it. That's awesome. So you say it's the first weekend in March. So we're like maybe five, six weeks away yeah. from that. Okay. So if you're hearing that, hopefully we'll have some registration opportunities for you on our website or uh, other things like that. I guess I should jump on that after this. But uh, you pitched in our staff meeting that this isn't this is more than just like an intensive uh, like it's, it's not just a series of teachings, but you're, it's going to be really interactive and a lot of uh, thought provoked conversations amongst couples. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. I'm I'm training this um, this I, this tool. It's called Prepare and Enrich, mm-hmm. and the way it works is both couples take an online survey, and what the survey shows then is it shows where a couple is strong and it shows their growth areas. And so over the course of this mini seminar, what we'll do is we'll walk through Mm -hmm. how to understand your strengths and how to, you know, build on your strengths. But we'll also look at, you know, what are the growth areas in a couple's relationship and how do they grow through them? And so there'll be some teaching and then a lot of it is going to be just couples talking through these things and, and, and using tools that will provide that strengthen all of those areas. And so, um, I've done this, uh, loads of times with just individual couples. I've never done it at group setting, but this actually it's uh there's a format that you can use in a group setting. And so I'm going to use that and okay. pretty jazzed. That's pretty cool. You know, I, I'm not married. And so I have a question for you. <clears throat> I was told, and I would love to hear your guys' opinion on this, but I was told that when the, when the day comes and I do get married, that the time to go to seminars or to get counseling isn't when things are bad, but really it's really healthy to do it when things are good. Um, so I, I guess would you agree with that? And if that's the case, like, I guess I'm trying to encourage people that even if they feel like their marriage is doing well, this is still something worthwhile to look into. Would you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, do you change your diet when things are bad or do you start eating healthy when things are going well? Well, like, yeah, yeah. That's... It's kind of the same idea. Mm-hmm. You, you can invest in your relationship right now, mm-hmm. even if things are just getting started, even if things are going pretty smoothly, even if there's a few small road bumps or, or even if things are really hard right now, mm-hmm. whatever it looks like, investing in your marriage relationship is always going to pay off. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I would encourage that. Um, so if, if you are listening to this episode now, let's see, it's, we're recording Tuesday. Hopefully this will be out by Wednesday. Maybe we'll have something on our website. I would say, uh, what, what, what this is called check-in, right? Couples check-in. Couples check-in. Or couples check-up, so, I think we said. Yeah. You need to tell me which one you choose on. I got, I got to decide, huh? Okay. Well, check out our website, vcflongview.org. And then if you're attending our church, maybe we'll have something in the, the program for you this, this weekend. But that's going to be exciting, Mike. I'm excited to, uh, to see what, what fruit comes of that because we are a church that wants to build strong, strong families. Hoorah. Yeah. All right. Other than that, guys, um, I think we're ready to jump into today's topic. I think Let's we're good. It. Okay. So, yeah. Stephen, the last time you were here, what what what, what did we talk about? Do you, do you do you remember the series that we're I'm in? Pretty sure the last time I was here, we were still talking about the name of God. Yeah, was all big on names, you know. And, yeah, and, and you I know was what? going through Moses at that time. If you wanted to catch up, you could go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the rest of the. This is a weird plugging my own podcast on this podcast or any of your podcast players. Yeah, yeah, you can check those out. But uh, thank you for sharing because Stephen, 
we're actually in a large a large series on systematic theology. Um, Mike, do you kind of want to refresh what is systematic theology before we jump into this new topic? Yeah, just a quick refresher is when you take a topic that the Bible speaks of and you try to take all of the data from the Bible about that topic. So all of the verses, all of the insight, of course, uh, across the entirety of the scripture. And you say, based on all of this data, what do we know about this topic? Mm -hmm. And so there's 10 classical kind of categories of it. And so we've been talking about the word of God and, and what do we believe about the word of God? And then we've transitioned into who God is. And so we've looked at God's names. And uh, now today we are, we're transitioning and we're going to talk about the triune God. What does it mean that God is Trinity? Oh, okay. So a very simple and straightforward topic. Oh yeah. So (laughs) super easy to understand. So Stephen's in his second semester of seminary seminary. So he should be able to explain it perfectly now, right? I can explain it poorly in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is a fascinating topic. Um, I remember like as a, as a, as a young Christian learning a lot of different illustrations of what the Trinity is. And then when you go to Bible college or seminary, you learn that all of these illustrations fall short at some capacity because they lean into some sort of like false view exactly. of the Trinity. So this is actually, uh, this is a, this is a large topic. And I think there's a topic that we naturally, we just won't fully comprehend the person or the, I don't know, there's a, there's a level of understanding and then there's a level that you should just accept that you won't comprehend. I don't know. But, uh, Mike, I guess just let it rip, man. Let's, let's jump into this. Yeah. I think a few preliminary comments then are, you know, the reason why all of our illustrations about the Trinity break down, whether it's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or the egg egg. or the water and ice and steam. The reason why all those break down is because all of them are based off of something that is created Mm -hmm. and God is uncreated. Mm -hmm. God is above and beyond. And so when we, when we want to learn about God, we're using things that are finite to understand the one who is infinite. And so there's, there's just, you know, we, we start, we start the conversation almost on, you know, slippery ground because we are also finite. We are also limited and we're trying to understand this, you know, unlimited God. And so that's, I guess the, the first thing that we need to, you know, I guess concede or understand. And the second is that uh, does it make sense that the one who created all things is more complicated or more dynamic uh, or more profound mm-hmm. than his creation? Yeah. You know, I think about some of the things I've made in, in, or in my, my garage, right? I have a workbench. It's pretty crude. It gets the job done. I'm really proud of it, actually. First thing I ever made. But, but at the end of the day, I am a, as a person, I am way more complicated. I'm way more profound. I am way more dynamic than the workbench, right? It has two surfaces. It's on wheels and that's about as complicated as it is versus I have a respiratory system and a circulatory system and a nervous system, right? There's so much more about my skeletal, like you could just go on and on about how I'm way more complicated than something I created. But then we have to remember, even though human beings are very complicated or very profound or very dynamic, God even more so, more than we can imagine, right? And so we just want to start there. And I think that there's actually a lot of encouragement knowing that the God we serve is bigger than us, knowing that the God we serve is greater than us. And so starting from that spot to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to handle a complex conversation and we're going to fail at some points. And there's a chance that someone might even utter something heretical and we'll have to correct them. Uh, Yet, uh, yet if we allow the scripture to guide us, we can approximate, we can get close, at least as close as God wants us to get to understanding this. 
So you guys with me? Yeah. And I think with all that said, a lot of things, especially when we get to the point where we accept that we won't fully comprehend this, it should just leave us in awe of our God. I mean, in many of the things that we've talked about with through the names of God, what he has done at the end of the day, our God is infinite and we should just marvel at who he is as he gently or, or, or violently at times, uh, reveals who he is to us through, through his revelation. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, from the onset and some, some of my goals, especially for this, this specific topic, but the whole, the whole series we're in, is to give people vocabulary, to give people a language so that they can actually express what biblical truth is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a lot of fun teaching this. When you teach this to teens and you just start, you know, start by asking them questions. And of course, we can't ask our podcast listeners questions and have a back and forth. But, I, you know, you start by saying, well, explain to me the Trinity. And they start using words. And without fail, they'll, they'll say something that is categorically heretical. Like it is, it is absolutely wrong, not because they believe heresy or they're trying to teach heresy, but because they don't have the vocabulary. They haven't been trained. And even just the simplest words to use to faithfully describe what the scripture has revealed about who God is. And so that's, again, another disclaimer, but hopefully people, as they listen, they'll be able to grab onto some of the vocabulary that's helpful. Yeah. Um, where I like to start then is I like to go to one of the, uh, one of the confessions. And so confessions are usually documents from the past and they can be written now that describe a certain truth and describe it in a way that endeavors to be faithful to the scripture. And so you think about, you know, our church is affiliated with um, in the Southern Baptist. And so we actually, we have the Baptist faith and message of 2000 that we hold to as not a very deep document in terms of theological truth, but but it's comprehensive. It, it, it hits on the majors. Well, another one of those confessions, which I would say you've got to Take with a grain of salt, depending on your persuasion about other theological ideas, but it's the, the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. Now, this is a, 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 a longer dark document than the, the Baptist Faith Message. It's got numerous chapters, and what, what was happening at that time is these Baptist pastors, they were gathered together, they were talking about truths, and they were trying to write down what they believe and kind of just have this statement or this confession so if you were to pick this up, you'd probably find some things that you might not agree with. In fact, when I read it, there are times where I'm like, how did they get that? And, and you know, that's okay. But their statement, their paragraph on the Trinity, I just, it's always resonated with me and, and when I read it. And so what I want to do, and I think we'll have this document linked to the podcast yeah. because I've sent it to you. Um, I just want to read through the sentences of this. And I want to read through the scriptures that are linked to it. And I just want to have a bit of a conversation and, and explore this a little bit. If we can get through that today, I think we would be winning at our podcast right. time. And then um, next time we gather together, we'll probably talk about some of the heretical views of the Trinity. Okay. So that's kind of the, the plan. Make sense? Yep. Sounds good to me. What are you thinking over there, Stephen? Thinking that uh, just the other day I saw something about the Trinity on Facebook and it just prompted me to go through everything I know about the Trinity in my head. Just like I I was just going for it as if I was explaining it. And you literally just said everything I was going to bring to this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited, man. This is going to be great. Well, the good news is we have notes in front of us. So there there you go. Uh, From here on out, at least. All right. So 
Um, how about this? Stephen, why don't you go ahead and read that first sentence? And then uh, Andrew and I will just take um, maybe one at a time the scriptures that, are, that accompany it. And then we'll, we'll just kind of talk about this and then we'll go from there. Sounds great. So again, this is from the uh, 1689 London Baptist Confession. Uh, we start out, This divine and infinite being consists of three real persons, substances or individual instances of a given essence, the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. So layman's terms. Here's what it's saying. This divine and infinite being, it's talking about God. He exists of three real persons. Um, so substances, this is, this is where the language gets really tricky and, and nuance becomes important and we can, we can end up tripping ourselves. But the idea is substances or persons. It says the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit. What this is saying, saying that there, there, are, there is one essence and out of that one essence, there are three individual persons. That's what it's trying to say. And so a few passages that help with this. You want to read the first one? Yeah, it goes, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Yeah, so how does this help us understand the, the three persons of the one essence? Name. Yeah. It's a singular word, the, the, the word name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, not names. Name. And, and then it lists it out as well, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It clearly identifies three Yep. individuals. Yeah. And so if you were to, this isn't listed, but if you were to think about uh, a passage that maybe talks about how there is one God or, or God is one, does a passage come to your mind? I wrote down like four songs that we sing that came to the mind. Shema. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah. So what is that, Andrew? Uh, Deuteronomy Hero, 6, 4. Yeah. Hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the, here, the Lord, our God is one. And then you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that's, uh, that's, there's one God, mm-hmm. there's one essence, God is, is one, and yet this one God, there, there are three persons. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're saying, that's what this is describing. And another accompanying passage, 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so this is simply just a passage that, um, as Paul's coming to a conclusion in his letter to the, the church in Corinth, he being led by the Holy Spirit with this inspired word, what does he say? He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, grace of Christ. Mm-hmm. He says, the love of God, this is God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He's, he's actually talking about how we, as individuals who are in Christ, we relate to all three persons of this triune God. This mm-hmm. is a, it's pretty encouraging. It's pretty beautiful, right? And so this is where we begin. One essence, three persons. And we get this idea of the essence and three persons because if, if you go back to our, <clears throat> where we get the revelation of God, what we're seeing is that these are plain truths that are absolute. So it's not that the Bible is contradicting itself. It's that we, as we study, seeing that because God's word is, is what it is, we're seeing these two truths and we're and they're combined. And that's what is revealed to us is there is one essence, but three individuals within that. Yeah. And that actually, that's a great thought because it makes me, it reminds me, you know, the Bible doesn't use the word Trinity. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, there's actually been people that push back against believing in the Trinity because they said, well, the Bible doesn't use the word Trinity. And so I'm not going to believe that. Right. Um, but here's the deal. The Bible says, just like we said a minute ago, that there is one God. Mm-hmm. 
There, there is one God. And then the Bible talks about God the Father, mm-hmm. and the Bible talks about God the Son, and the Bible talks about God the Spirit. And so we know there are three persons. We know that each of them is God. And so we, we also know there's one God. And so this is why we have that, that term triunity or trinity, because mm-hmm. there's one God, one essence, three persons. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's keep going. Uh, the next line says, these three have the same substance, power, and eternity, each having the whole divine essence without this essence being divided. And so each of them are fully the, the essence of God. So God the Father isn't one-third God, and God the Son isn't one-third God, and God the Spirit is not one-third God. There is no division within the essence, the divine essence in any of them. They're all fully that one essence. So let's look at a few passages here. Uh, Stephen, why don't you grab that first one? Yeah, that first one is from Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Yeah, this is a text we talked about when we talked about the names of God. Yep. And so this is God's revealed name. And oftentimes we'll, we'll say his name is Yahweh based on this. And, and the, the idea here is he is the, the, the ever-existent one, the all-present throughout all time, always present one. And then uh, the next one, John 14, 11. Andrew, you want to read it? Yeah. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves, John fourteen eleven. All right, how does this text move our thinking along with what the Trinity is? That that goes back to the idea of the essence of that they are fully within each other, and yet they're distinct within themselves mm-hmm. as well. That's it's mind blowing. Is what that is. Yeah. And then the idea in other places that they're one, that they're <laughs> one. And then, uh, Stephen, why don't you go about, head back to 1 Corinthians. That's 1 Corinthians 8, 6. It says, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all, from, excuse me, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Yeah, so a rabbit hole we could go down here is God the Father created all things. He's given credit in Scripture. God the Son is given credit in scripture for being the creator and God, the spirit at least is present at creation. Right. And so this is, again, as we layer this, we see father, son, spirit, one God do the same, same works, same activities. They're all given credit because they're all of one essence, even though there are three persons. Is that making sense with me? All right. So we go a little bit further than it says the father is not derived from anyone neither begotten nor proceeding. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father. So here's saying the, the Father is not begotten. He's not described as being begotten. But it says the Son, Jesus, is not only, not only was he begotten in his birth, right? But he is eternally the Son. Mm-hmm. He's always been the Son. There's never been a time in all, all of pre-creation history that Jesus has not been the Son, so let's look at a few passages there. Uh, this first one's kind of my theme verse for the year. Go ahead, Stephen. This is John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Yeah, that, that only son in Greek, it's, it's begotten, only begotten. And that term, it, it really means unique. So that it could be translated almost the unique, the, the only unique 
son of the father. So the, it's, he stands above anyone else ever, right? Like in his relationship to the father and this confession describes Jesus as eternally begotten. He's, he's always been that. Um, the reason I love this passage is kind of my, my theme for the year is it talks about how Jesus was full of grace and truth. And uh, just a, an aside, the culture we live in is so divided. It's so harsh. It's so it's such a dog-eat-dog world out there where everyone has their political side and their opinions. And if you don't agree with them, then they're just going to, you know, crush you and hate you and, you know, be throw vitriol at you like that's the opposite of Jesus, right? Like yeah. Jesus, he has perfect truth. He's full of truth, but he's also full of grace. And that's, uh, I, I just think, you know, Christians, the church would be a lot stronger and we'd have a greater witness if we didn't just hold on to our truth, but we also held on to grace. Yeah. So there's a side sermon for us, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, do you want me to read John one eighteen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, John one eighteen. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. And this, in context, this passage is talking about except Christ. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Son is the one who has, and Christ is the one who makes God known because he has seen him, because he's come from his side, because Christ is divine. He's the second member of the triune God. So again, one essence, three persons. We begin to see that this, these are not divided at all. And then it says that the father, he's not begotten, but the son, he is eternally begotten. And then it says the Holy Spirit proceeds from the father and the son. Now notice it doesn't say, yeah, go ahead. So actually, before we jump into the Holy Spirit, I I, I, I keep, I guess, tripping up on the word begotten. Can, can you refresh me of what that means? Because it doesn't mean like, does it just mean come into existence or being born of? What is, what are we getting at when we it, say the word it begotten? Me- it means only or unique. Okay. That's all it means. So when we say that God is not begotten, what is, what is that saying? It, well, in, so only begotten son. And so it's, it's a qualifier okay. of his son, of Jesus's sonship. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's the only unique one and that's what it's describing. Okay. So the uniqueness of Christ in relationship to the father. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. The sentence, the father is not derived from anyone. For some reason in my brain, I switched that around to God is not begotten. And then I was like, oh, wait, nope, it's just derived. So okay, I'm with you now. All right, Mike. Uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for clarifying that. Um, so I guess we, we can, we're ready to move on then to the, the Holy Spirit. Then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the, the next line simple, <clears throat> simply says the Holy Spirit proceeds from the father and the son. And so no, not that the Holy Spirit's begotten, but the Holy Spirit is sent both by the father and by the son is what this is talking about. So let's uh, jump on these texts. Okay. Uh, John fifteen twenty six. It says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Yeah. So Jesus says the Spirit's going to come from the Father, proceed from the Father, and I'm going to be the one that sends him. And so the, this is a promise to the disciples, and it's a promise to us as well, that we're not going to be left alone, but the Spirit, who is God is going to come and be with us. But the Spirit is not um, the same person as the Father or the Son. The Spirit is a different person. Again, person and essence. Yeah. Okay. Another text, uh, Stephen, you want to read that one? That's Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Yeah. So all three, uh, the persons of the triune God are represented here. Right, we are sons. We're sons of who? The Father. So the Father has sent the Spirit, and the Spirit dwells in us, 
and it's the spirit of the sun, right? And so we're, you can, there's a lot of, I guess, crossover here because there's one God, one essence. Yet the nuance is found in, in how they how they interact and then how they interact not just with each other, but with us. And so here, Father says, I'm, I'm the Father. Christ is a Savior and the Spirit comes and dwells in us. It really is that guarantee. But what it does in us is it causes us to call out to the Father, Abba, Father. Hmm. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not begotten, right, but proceeds. It proceeds from the Father and the Son. And then their last um, couple sentences here, they, they don't leak scriptures to, but they kind of use it as a summation of, of everything we've been talking about. And so here's what it says. It says, all three are infinite and without being and are therefore only one God who is not to be divided in nature and being. Yet these three are distinguished by several distinctive characteristics and personal relationship, relations. This truth of the Trinity is the foundation of all our fellowship with God and all our comforting dependence on him. And so where they land is they land with trying to comfort believers about the, this grand reality of who God is as the triune God. Um, not to be divided, right? One essence, the essence is not divided, but these three persons relate to each of us. And, and we, we now know this, we, have, we, we know the fellowship that we have with God because we know the Father, the, the Son, and the Spirit. So when it talks about the foundation of it through the Trinity, it, 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 we're talking about because Jesus died and built that bridge to connect to the Father and the Spirit being within us. That whole, that triune activity within our salvation is how we do have that fellowship. Is that what it's referring to? That being foundational? Yeah. I mean, they're saying this is so important that improperly understanding this means you're probably improperly understanding the gospel. Okay. Okay. That, 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 this is foundational because... The, the gospel is this, this great message that, that God loved us and he sent the son to die and to be raised again by the, the power of God, by the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And then now that spirit dwells in us. And so if we lessen any person of the triune God, then we're, we're diminishing the significance of what the gospel means, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus is fully God and fully man. This is the core of the gospel, right? He's fully God and fully man. In if he's not, then the gospel is diminished. If he's not fully God, then, mm -hmm. then he can't have that credible sacrifice. If he's not fully man, he can't be us and be the sacrifice for us. And so this, I guess that tension that we're dealing with here is understanding the fullness of the Trinity really ends up on the person and work of Christ mm -hmm. and, and knowing who he is in the, his true identity as God. Okay. Because it goes on to the idea that this is foundational of all of our fellowship with God. And so I th if I'm hearing you correctly, without properly understanding the Trinity, or at least what we can know about the Trinity, then we are, we are lessening the gospel, which then continues to separate us from the salvation and the fellowship that we have with the God who has revealed himself. So uh, by, by what you just said, if we minimize the work of the spirit and, and, and to save others and to convict, or we minimize the, the Christ being hundred percent God and hundred percent human, we we're making a God of our own ideas. Thus we are being continuing to be separated from this one true God. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you think about it. Like if, if someone was to know you, mm -hmm. um, but they were to ignore a, a large chunk of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if someone knows you, let's say someone only knows you through playing video games, mm -hmm. yeah. right? But they know nothing about your, your CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Do they really know you? No, they don't. And, that's, and that's, that's a great example because I think about, because the three of us are on stage often, 
people see what's on stage and then they can start to fill in blanks and make assumptions of what this person is. And the truth is like, we may not be that person that you think sometimes people, because, because we're pastors, people tend to have like a, uh, uh, an archetype of what pastors are and they don't realize that we, we have hobbies. We have other things out that we do us off the stage and thus it, it ruins that relationship that they, they could have. And so going back to this, Understanding who God is and allowing him to reveal who, who he really is. This allows us to continually have genuine fellowship with the God of the universe. Okay. So what this sets us up by starting with this confession, it sets us up to, I think next week we'll come back. And what we'll do next week then is we'll, we'll look at individual texts that talk about the, the one true God. We've already referenced that. But then we'll talk, look at texts that talk about how God the Father is God, how God the Son is God, and how God the Spirit is God. Okay. And then, depending on timing, then we'll dive into some of the uh, the heretical views of, of the triune God. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that because, like you said, I think at the beginning of this, understanding how people got it wrong will kind of help us understand how we keep it right. So, all right. Well, cool, man. This has been a pretty good conversation. Um, Stephen, since you're here, man, will you just will you, will you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Yeah. Father God, thank you once again for letting us come together and to look at your word and look at the truth that you have shown us. Lord, thank you for every listener that is tuned in. Lord, I pray that your word would resonate with them in their minds and their spirits and their hearts. God, reveal yourself to us. Help us to continue to understand who you are and what you are doing to further your kingdom, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, a ministry of Valley Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to check out more resources or even connect with us, go to vcflongview.org.